Hello everyone. Welcome to the episode 103 of Soul Lead Saturday. Our today's guest Lisa, distinguished international career in the fashion industry, has spanned over 30 years. She is renowned as an innovator, creator, entrepreneur, preeminent fashion consultant and business coach her clients have been featured in wwd inspire glamour and harper's bazaar and she has coached winners on project runway lisa has a visionary eye and talent for mentorship she has assured many young designers to success even leading a 13 year old prodigy's fashion line to racks in nostrom department stores fox business fast company authority magazine the vancouver sun and others have featured interviews with lisa about her business acumen and she has written about her business insights for forbes magazine lisa is the founder of the cut fashion design academy tcfda located in vancouver bc canada the academy is the only accredited educational institution that offers la carte diploma and certificate course customization with a 1 is to 8 teacher student ratio by removing the 1 to 4 year commitment tcfda eliminates the accrual of excessive student debt and with its small class size allows students to develop skills quickly and more expertly to move into the workforce and succeed wow this sounds amazing and definitely we are looking for that kind of a mentoring or coaching for our youth generation or next generation so let's just welcome her and hear more about her career journey how did she find her area of interest and managing to lead that hey hi lisa very happy to have you on the show and really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show you are the one of the first guests from the fashion industry so really looking forward to this episode thank you so much for having me i'm very excited thank you so much and uh, to begin with we always ask this question to all our guests which is kind of a general segment where we try to explore the career journey or you know how the interest starts building or one finds their areas of interest or the passion so how did you find your areas of interest in fashion and what motivates you to be where you are today yeah that's a always such a good question um i always loved making things even if i wasn't very good at it and what's funny is that even when i was young if i learned how to make something i wanted to make 100 of them so i always loved the concept of manufacturing or mm-hmm. you know that that whole um you know i was making chocolate chip cookies when i was i loved baking i still love baking mm-hmm. I was making chocolate chip cookies when I was 10 and the recipe was it's from this book it's old book anyway everybody loved these chocolate chip cookies I started a little neighborhood business I was making really great money so I would make you know I'd come home from school and make like 5 dozen 6 dozen 7 dozen and then I started taking orders from the neighborhood so I just I really liked the idea of uh, making many of one thing and then I always enjoyed sewing and i was never very good at it because i'm very impatient you need patience to be a very good sewer and uh but i like putting things together i always like fashion i always um sort of you know i love that whole whether it be the touch and feel of a magazine i'm you know grew up in the 80s 70s and 80s so mm-hmm. so i love that and then making something thinking of something and then being able to make it was and then put it all together and style it. So so back in when I was graduating and I wanted to go on 
to further my education in fashion, we had a family friend whose daughter had gone to FIDM, which is in Los Angeles Fashion mm -hmm. Institute Design and Merchandising, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't want to go to LA. So I started looking into schools that were in Canada. I wanted to get out of Vancouver. There was only one school in Vancouver, which no longer exists, which is really sad. Uh, she was amazing. The lady that owned it, it was Helen Lafoe. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to get out of Vancouver. And um, I found the school that I went to, which was International Academy of Merchandising and Design. I think AI bought them several mm -hmm. years later, but mm -hmm. long short of it, I started going to fashion school. And then... Um, and then I worked and interned there for different companies, small studios. Back in the 80s, Toronto was really a hub for mm -hmm. manufacturing and young designers. And it was really exciting. And, um, and then when I moved back to Vancouver, I opened a studio, which quickly turned into mm -hmm. a factory. And which quickly turned into, I was at, at age 24, I had, I think, 40 sewers and about 150 home sewers and we were manufacturing like 15,000 units a month. Mm -hmm. So, so it, it was, you know, the path was set when I was young, making a hundred pot holders and cookies and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's great actually. And the way you mentioned, I think business was there from the start, right? Uh, irrespective of which field you land up, whether it is a baking or the fashion industry. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the genes of a business were there already uh, when you were growing up. So thank you so much for sharing. And uh, moving towards our next segment is more or about questions from the audience. We always, you know, whenever we have the case, we post the uh, upcoming case post and we collect the questions from the audience. So we have a couple of questions shortlisted for you. So the first question that we have under that segment is do one thing do it well and you will make money. Why do you think so? What's your takeaway on it? And why can't you do multiple things at the same time? So I'll, I'll tell a story on this, which summarizes it really well. So when I started that business that turned into a factory, when I started the studio, I was 20 and I borrowed 10,000 from my parents and they co-signed a loan for 15,000. Mm -hmm. This was 1989 and I was $25,000 in debt and I had a small studio and I had only of that $25,000, I'd spent it all wrong. And I truly only had about $800 in my bank account. I had one sewer that I had hired because I had, my mom was my first customer mm -hmm. in the studio, but um, some other people just from where we were and seeing me on the street were coming in. So I had some work but I owed this debt and I always had an interest in film. Mm -hmm. So I looked at the list that you look at anyways, for the films that are shooting in the city. And I called and said, I'm a wardrobe designer. Um, do you need a wardrobe? I went through the list anyway, long and short of it. I got hired for a non-union film. And back then I was young. I was 20. You could do this. I'd open mm -hmm. my studio at eight in the morning, I'd go to the film set, work till work 12 hours there, and then go back to my studio, see what the sewer had done. When I finished the film, I had paid my parents back more than half their money. Mm -hmm. And where I had my studio, other film companies were also in that building. So I started, one of the producers started hiring me 
for his commercials to handle all the styling. I paid back my $25,000 loan within 12 months. And when you do something, Mm -hmm. you know, people start sharing your name or this. So I got hired on another film job. I had three sores in my studio at this point. I was getting Mm -hmm. bigger, bigger contracts. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, you know, even though now I'm 22, maybe, but you're still young. So you've got the go, you know, you've got, you're chasing, Mm -hmm. but I'll never forget. uh, One night I came home, it was probably 11 o'clock at night. And um, I think I must've been about 22, 23. And my father said, you're going to have to make a decision soon which one you're going to follow because wherever you put your attention and focus, that's what Mm -hmm. grows. And that is very true because when you're starting out, so of course, if you're a a rich person or you have a successful business and it's bringing in a lot of money, not some money, but a lot of money, sure. Mm -hmm. You start another business and because you can hire the right person to manage the cash cow that's bringing you in the money. And then you can go off and do other things. But when you're starting out, wherever you put your focus, that is really what is going to grow. Mm -hmm. So can you do several things? Yes, you can at the right time. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning, at those beginning stages, when you're setting the foundation and it's growing until you build the right team around you. And even then you will always notice wherever your main focus is, is what's happening the best. I mean, I'm, I'm a small fry. Take a look at Oprah when she started the own network, you know, mm-hmm. she started it and then she was doing everything else and she had to quit everything else. And she had to fire everybody and go and run that network for it to, to not go bust. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she obviously can do everything, but my point is the example of that story is she needed to bring her focus there mm-hmm. to get it to get it running to a point where she could leave it. So that's why I say, you know, wherever you put your focus, that's what will grow. Oh, wow. That's, that's, then, then you build from there. Mm, that's a very important message, I guess, because it's always like you try multiple things. And once you find that uh, area where you would like to grow further, uh, then you continue the, your focus and, you know, fully uh, get involved into it. So it's not like a part-time or, side hustle kind of a thing anymore and you will be like earning the income like a full-time basis kind of so thank you so much for sharing that and it was a great story to hear and uh, moving towards our one more question under that same segment is what skills do you think are necessary to be successful in the fashion industry well in any industry but uh, you know the fact the thing about the fashion industry people always think when you're talking, if you're in the fashion industry or you start studying it, you know, it's much broader, but the fashion industry, like any industry is more than just design or sewing. Mm-hmm. So there's merchandising, there's operations, there's, you know, it's a business. It's no mm-hmm. different than, you know, the lifestyle industry or the hotel industry. There's, there is a, there's so many different aspects there's the business of fashion. Mm. So if it's on the design side, though, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're doing business, like on the business side, you know, people bring in operations, you know, uh, chief operation 
operating officers from different companies to run fashion companies because fundamentally you're managing. Mm. Um, but on the design side, if you're going to go into the, the creative aspect of it, depending mm -hmm. if you are starting your own line or you want to have your own brand, you know, you need to have a point of view. A designer, when you look at a really good, any really great designer or a great brand, they have a point of view. What you're connecting with is that mm -hmm. point of view. Mm -hmm. I always tell my students, um, I teach Launch Your Line and mm -hmm. it's part-time in the school. Um, but at the end of the day, the making of it is the easy part. You have to know how to sell it. Mm. So, and that's if you are in doing something independently on your own brand. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to want to put yourself out there. You've got to be okay with criticism. You've got to be okay with not everybody loving you. And you've got to be okay with everybody loving you too, because sometimes things just really, really take off. So yeah. you need yeah. to figure out how you're going to, how you're going to react to that. Mm -hmm. if, as far as a career goes, you know, um, any vocational skill is mm -hmm. a hard, is a, is a hard skill. So mm -hmm. we have a lot of students that come to our classes and take our diploma or our certificates. Mm -hmm. And they're always amazed at how much work it is, how hard it is. Mm. And I think that there is this um, idea that design school is easy or the design business is, you know, ha ha he he, freely, freely. Mm -hmm. It's hard. So yeah. you have to really um, want, you, it has to be your craft. If you're doing pattern making or draping, you know, it's, it really, it's your craft and you're always improving. You're always learning. You're always, mm. you're, and that's that eagerness and that curiosity is something that comes from inside. So I suppose really the answer is on the design aspect, mm -hmm. curiosity, really wow. always being curious. Even if you're on the design and the drawing, you mm. want to see what's happening. You want to feel what's happening in the world. You want to, you want to, however it's um, affecting you, you need to be able to resonate those feelings. Mm. So curiosity is very important. Yep, yep, yep. That's true, actually. And I think it is applicable to any field, as you mentioned, that, you know, it yep. can be applicable to any industry. Um, it's not just specific to the fashion, but you need to have that interest as well as the curiosity going. Yeah. Because whatever you are doing right now, maybe it will not be the same after, you know, two, three years or five years or 10 years. So you have to keep adapting and be curious all the time. Exactly. So thank you so much for sharing. And we have like kind of a fun segment now. Uh, where I'm going to give you uh, three keywords which are more or associated with your profile or the career. And you have to just tell me whatever comes to your mind. So it can be kind of, you know, replacement keyword or an abstract definition or anything creative that you could think of. Uh, you have to just tell me. So are you ready? Sure. So the first keyword that we have is brand. Brand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm supposed to tell you what comes to mind or what? Yeah, I'm what to comes to your mind whenever you hear the word brand? Levi's. Okay. Wow. And the, and the, and the Marlboro man. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> second key word that we have is innovation. Innovation. Uh, babies. Oh. And the third key word is marketing. Genius. Wow, Jesus. this is a really good, great one, actually, you know, because uh, as you mentioned, like, you know, you have to learn the marketing and sales, actually, when it comes to business, because, because it ought a lot more about, you know, attracting the customers 
and um, you have to know who you are as a brand yeah and and who your customer is yes so thank you so much for sharing and it was quite impromptu so thank you uh moving towards our next segment which is more or about you know knowing you little more so exploring your career work on volunteering and there are so many things actually associated with your profile actually because you started your career and your is your profile is completely aligned to specific area fashion and then you are growing and growing and you are in your own business so tell us tell us more about the cut fashion design academy sure so when i moved back i was in new york for 12 years and when i moved back in uh 2015 mm-hmm. I started a you know I, I thought what am I going to do moving back here anyway I started a studio a product development studio and um when I was hiring pattern makers and stuff I was to be honest I was quite um I was quite disappointed mm-hmm. for them for them I was disappointed in these young graduates from design school that knew something but it for me I, I i just felt after two two to four years of committing yourself these they should be better mm-hmm. they should have more to offer so i thought well i should start a school so mm-hmm. and i was already consulting and doing two-day workshops how to start your own business and when i was in new york so mm-hmm. i started uh developing curriculums i contacted and brought on two lead instructors that teach at the other larger academies um, in Vancouver and Canada. And we built out curriculums and then the Cut Design Academy was Mm -hmm. born. And it was founded on uh, my basic principles um, where I believe that a vocational trade cannot be taught in a room of 15 or 14 or 20 people they mm-hmm. students need attention especially i don't I, I feel that schools haven't really um they haven't really kept up with technology or the young generation mm-hmm. education has stayed very much being delivered in the same way mm-hmm. when for the last 20 years these students have have or this generation has had access to so much information their attention is already you know, tested and they need to be able to focus when they're doing something. So uh, the core thing is a one on eight. So one teacher, eight students maximum. Um, And also, so small class sizes, as well as um, we want our students when they graduate to be able Mm -hmm. to know and feel that they have something to offer mm-hmm. when they go into a job mm-hmm. versus the mentality mm-hmm. of walking into a job saying, what do you have to offer me? Because mm-hmm. when you're just graduating, you know, you need to have that feeling of, I can bring this to the table. And mm-hmm. I feel that sometimes because of how, how large class sizes are, how there isn't that one-on-one. There's, there, there's also a, um, students aren't excited to say, look at, I, I can do this. Look at how great I'd be for you. Mm-hmm. So you automatically default to, oh, I get this, this, this with this J-O-B. So you see what I'm saying? It's a bit subconscious. Yep, yep. So I really wanted to, you know, this, you know, the second principle really was we want to encourage and nurture a, a way of thinking that 
is of value to our students and to the industry and to the mm. job we go into. <laughs> and so the cat was born. And also for our teachers, you know, we, we don't want to exhaust our teachers. We want them to be capable and able. And, and that's why, you know, eight is our max. If we ever have 10 in a class, pattern making is our, is our busiest, is our busiest course. Mm-hmm. Um, the second there's nine or 10, that teacher has a TA right away so that the students are getting what they're, what they, as much time and the uh-huh. teacher is not being exhausted so that they can deliver what they need to deliver during their class time. And it's worked out well. Like we've only, you know, we got accredited four months before COVID mm. and, you know, so we should have, we should be double the size we are now, but that's okay. But okay. we've already had alumni placed in Tentry, in Apparel Mark, in Arcteryx. So, mm. so, you know, I'm happy the philosophy is working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great, actually. And then, um, you know, uh, we are discussing a lot more about your academy. And I would encourage your students, actually, uh, who are looking to build their career, definitely check out your academy as well. If they can do the diploma through your coaching. Yeah, well, they can do the diploma and they can also, like the way I've also done our school is every course can be taken as a separate course. So let's say somebody is 30 and actually we had this woman, she was 40 and she worked, she had been in Selfridges in the UK Mm -hmm. in operations and merchandising for 15 years. She always wanted to be on the design side. She didn't want to spend two years getting a fashion design diploma. She didn't care about the other stuff. She wanted to make patterns. And she wanted to get really good. That's where she knew her love was. So she took just our pattern making and garment assembly certificate. Mm -hmm. And then our second level couture certificate. So she now, and she's now got a job. We placed her in Fall Raven. She's a fantastic pattern maker Mm -hmm. and a fantastic tailor. Because you also, your, uh, our pattern making classes also, it's 50-50 with sewing. You you can literally sew anything you see when you finish. Mm-hmm. So, so you can just take the certificates, the 14-week certificates like an a la carte and build into a diploma. You can mm-hmm. take five years to do it if you want. You can do it in two years. But the point is you can do it a la carte. Mm-hmm. So financially, it's far more accessible and available and doable. Mm-hmm. And timing wise, as well as interest wise, because there's nothing worse than having to take, uh, you know, a product dev certificate, when you're not really interested in that, you just want to be doing the patterns, and getting better and better and better at patterns, you don't see what I'm saying. Mm. Anyway, it's worked out well. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And it's really very, you know, fun talking to you as well as we are getting a lot of insights about the industry as well as how one can run their businesses and uh, grow further in that particular areas of all our classes by the way are live online as well so if wow. people come yeah, we can attend in from yeah. anywhere and we have that's rally great. cams it's like being right in class it's actually yeah, great. yeah that's great actually and i would encourage audience to check the, the that out as well moving towards our next segment is more or about you know summarizing tips or advice but as we have discussed a lot of tips or advice uh, i would uh, like to you know get more uh, specific like you know in this particular segment like any books or courses that you would encourage we already discussed about your academy but one more important aspect is like you know um, guiding you to career success you talk a couple of things about it but how young is too young to you and uh, how do you see it actually where you you can give the advice to the people who or students 
who are looking to build their career or looking to find their areas of interest and you know um, get that long term career option i don't think any age is too young um if you're interested i mean if your parents are pushing you to do something you don't want to do then it's too young it doesn't matter what age you are <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. but I don't, i don't think any age i mean i had um when i was living in new york mm-hmm. i had a student that was 9 years old and she was a prodigy she was mm-hmm. in mensa and she was a phenomenal artist her parents found me she wanted to do a clothing line and by 13 she was the youngest designer to ever be in nordstroms there's actually a fast company article uh, mm-hmm. with her and me and she's the youngest designer ever to have a line in nordstroms mm-hmm. so she was always going to be some kind of, she was in parsons at 14 she had graduated high school and was doing parsons at 14 mm-hmm. so um i don't think i think if you know if it interests you you're already gravitating towards it mm. so i don't think age is the thing i think over exposure is mm-hmm. like for example um if i like sewing and all i'm doing is sewing all day long and i'm 12 and i'm not doing the other things like you know maybe playing volleyball or mm-hmm. doing something else i just don't think that's um a great strategy mm. no matter how much you love something you know um one of my a partner of mine was a major league ball player in new york mm-hmm. uh like the at the time the top guy at the yankees and even he he said to me the biggest difference i'm seeing now is mm-hmm. parents really focus on one thing. So if your kid likes hockey, it's everything's hockey camp. 5 a.m. hockey. Hockey 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 hockey. <laughs> he said, you know, when I was young, uh-huh. my parents, my parents he said I, you know, he was in baseball, obviously major league baseball player, but he said I went to college on a football scholarship. So mm-hmm. I was doing football, baseball, and I can't remember soccer. So he said I was doing all three in high school. Mm-hmm. And so much so that my career direction for college was football but i ended up doing you know becoming who he became in baseball so <laughs> i think it works the same way when yeah. you're asking an age question you can love something like reading you can love reading so much but if a kid just sits in a corner and reads he's missing or she's missing out on other things so i think it's just balance right. so i don't think necessarily any age is too young versus balance Yep, 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 and it's very wise actually. So thank you so much for sharing. And now we are moving towards the closure due to the time limit. But our last segment is more or about leadership. So the way you are leading the next generation or coaching them, I can see the true leader in you. So what is your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire, and why? Ah, uh, the leaders I follow are. old school i know this is going to sound crazy but i go riding a lot horseback western riding uh-huh where we actually move cows wow i haven't gone for a long time it's been probably we haven't gone our gang of friends hasn't gone for 10 years but we used to go to you know these places we went were family run mm-hmm. actual cattle ranches and they were born cowboys and they were six generations like their family had settled there kind of like what you see in Yellowstone just not that rich mm-hmm. but uh that style of leadership i've always been inclined towards which is really honest really uh practical mm-hmm. logical 
and really just whoever, you know, I, I, I gravitate towards people that, that sort of say, sure, you can do it that way, but you know, here's, what's going to happen. The choice is yours. I really, I gravitate towards that. And, and I respect that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think, I, and, and, and I think the world needs a little bit more of that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And, uh, I, and I'm like that with my students in the sense uh -huh. of, you know, I nurture that and, and my staff, I mean, all of my staff, not all, but whoever takes it up, uh, take, uh, takes up the opportunity I provide, but the, the younger staff, when they come in, mm -hmm. the entry level, they get a certificate. So it's a $7,000 gift where mm -hmm. they, I give them a certificate to better their skills. Mm -hmm. It increases their salary level and their worth for other companies and my, and my own, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so it is that nurturing and that building. And I expect them to do the class as much as it's a gift or mm -hmm. a book, however they want to look at it. But I, you know, they've sort of struggled a bit because they're also working and they're not doing their homework. And it's like, no, no, it's 14 weeks. You got to, you have to treat this like you're in it or you fail and you don't get it mm -hmm. again. So I'm very, I'm very practical that way as well, because this is life. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 That's very true. <laughs> and I always say that, you know, whoever like, you know, young person I meet, I always tell them that it is like long, life is a long journey actually. And you always get more opportunities or you have to sometimes grab the opportunity or create the opportunity along the way. So it's a lot more about that actually. It's always evolving. Uh, there is nothing like, you know, hard and fast that you can achieve. And even though you achieve something at very early age, again, sustainability and uh, keeping that success for the long term is a different story. So definitely it is very, very important that, you know, you are leader in your own life and a career and uh, lead it in a way that, you know, you never feel like um, I would have done this. You have no regrets, you know, uh, about saying anything. So you can start with the side hustle, whatever you enjoy, actually, you always can find time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So thank you so much for sharing. And it was really, very pleasure to connect with you and discuss and explore your career journey as well as learn from it. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. Yeah, same here. Thank you. All right. So, so this is all about Lisa and the way she's managing to lead her areas of expertise. Before we close our today's episode, we have a closure quote from Mushia Prad, and the quote says, what you wear is how you present yourself to the world. Especially today, when human contacts are so quick, fashion is instant language. So on that quote, we are closing today's episode. See you guys in the next episode. Until we meet, happy leading. Let's live together. Stay safe. Bye for now.